0: Hey, this is Brandon Sanderson, author of Mistborn. Welcome to the Legendarium.
1: Quick to the Conflict Mobile. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 105 Words of Radiance. This is our first Words of Radiance episode of three. Today we're covering sections one and two. I am Craig Hanks, your host, and across from me, she is as sharp as a tack, and it will hurt you at least as much if you sit on her. It's Megan Smythe.
2: I advise you don't actually try it.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Now, he reads more slowly than my grandmother drives, and nobody's putting that woman behind the wheel these days. It's Todd Wente. It's... All right. uh, and his mind is as dusty as the West Texas desert. It's Ken Johnson. Dude, I am so channeling the rhythm of
3: punching at you right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was pretty good.
1: That was pretty good. I am so proud of you, Ken, right now. I'm so proud. <laughs> and he has a face for radio. Really, really ugly radio. It's Ryan Bruckman. And that's why we've decided to do a live video feed. Hey, that's everybody. A, well, that's why we have that's you why facing, away. Right, yeah, right, facing away. Yeah, facing away. All right, so... Uh, Before we get to Words of Radiance, bear with me for just a few minutes because I do have some very, very exciting news. First of all, we will be announcing the Way of Kings book winner uh, at the beginning of next episode. So this is a signed copy of the Way of Kings, signed by Brandon Sanderson. It's a giant, gorgeous, hardback Uh, way of kings so we will announce the winner of that just as a reminder you have until midnight eastern time on the 23rd of september to enter uh send us the three words of the day on facebook or twitter i don't care how just send us those words of the day and you will be entered to win that book again midnight on the 23rd i think that's friday night if i'm not mistaken correct yes so uh yeah we'll announce that then now there is a new giveaway i'm very very excited for this one uh the uh, brandon sanderson and his team at brandonsanderson.com have generously agreed to donate several items we have uh, a roshar map poster which i would like to win but i won't (laughs) a bridge 4 t-shirt which i want to win and but I But you won't. A grand prize uh, of, uh, among these three: the signed hardcover copy of Words of Radiance. Uh, oh man, I we all are really sad right now that Dude. we
2: can't enter.
1: Yeah, well, anyway, um, for those, there is a fourth prize, and I'll get to that one in just a moment. For those three, to be entered for one of those three, it's the same rules that we had last time. We'll have three words of the day. I will announce the first word of the day coming up here uh, in a few minutes into the podcast. Um, Let's see. So same rules apply after the three episodes. Once you have all three words of the day, tweet that at us or Facebook message us, whatever you need to do to get those words the phrase to us and you'll be entered to win if you no i'll just i'll just leave it there all right now there is another prize to be won this one i am actually really really excited about it's a lightweaver pin now, the Lightweaver pin, I, I emailed the, the, the Sanderson folks, and, and she, uh, his assistant emailed me back, and she says, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do these four items. And I emailed back, and I was like, what's the Lightweaver pin? Turns out, it's this little one-inch red pin with the Lightweaver glyph on it, and uh, it is not available for purchase anywhere. It is available from one of two sources, Brandon Sanderson himself or his assistant Kara. Uh, she is generously donating one of these uh, Lightweaver pins. And so, you know, mm-hmm. if you can't catch up with him at a convention or something and, and score one of these pins, we have a way to get it to you. I guess it's recommended that the, that these be used for things like cosplay or just collecting, uh, if you so choose. Mm-hmm. So it's very cool. And the way you do this, the way you enter to win this, is quite simply donate on Patreon patreon.com slash legendarium any donor will be entered to win this pin wait a minute does that include ken nope (laughs) dang it uh so any any donor level you can come in you can donate one dollar per episode uh and you will be entered to win this pin now take special note though if you donate on patreon you donate one dollar or two dollars you'll be entered to win this pin if you donate three dollars on patreon You are automatically entered to win not only this pin, but you have double entry for all of our giveaways. That includes this pin, the book, the t-shirt, the poster, all of it. So, donate $3 or more on Patreon per episode, and you'll be entered for all of these. So, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is a pretty sweet deal. Mm
4: -hmm. Oh, yeah. Ken, you should... This change your thing. donation into, like, one of your kids' names or something.
3: Right? <laughs> can, can families of legendary if Ken, If win? Ken
1: wants to keep donating, you know, and so Ken is personally donating $25 an episode, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. You won't win anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> Except <laughs> the consternation of my wife. Oh, and you will win that. That's no. true. Um, I have won that many so times. So do, do, the, do the rules make sense? I'm running this by you guys to make sure that everything makes sense. Yeah. Sound good? Oh, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So we will continue with that. Uh, like I said, I don't know, maybe 5, 10, 20 minutes into the episode. Sometime I'll announce the first word of the day. So... Let's see. What else am I missing? I think that should do it. Ryan, am I missing anything else? Don't think so. I mean... Okay. I'll just say it once again. Patreon.com Legendarium. Do it. We love our donators. Our yes. patrons. Thank you much, patreons. <laughs> All right, All and right. I want
0: to draw attention to the fact that we didn't interrupt you on it.
1: I really appreciate that. I we got told off on. It took every ounce of strength on our <laughs> on our website where we you know the comments for the the post that had the last episode. We got told off for our bickering.
0: I I, I saw that. I yeah, and and so bickering. I'm sorry the, what about I that. what I
1: yeah I gotta say Ken especially knows how to push buttons that I didn't even know I had before I met this guy, <laughs> and so I apologize oh, yeah. if. I get a little bit rambunctious in my putting down of this gentleman over here. But, you know, the way I put it to the person on the website is, after two and a half years, honestly, we're like family. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're very comfortable with each other, and so we bicker and we fight like family. Ryan would be the mediator in the family, right, Ryan? You're you're the little peacemaker that tries to Most make sure everybody doesn't fight um i am not always trolling around after mom so. ryan's
0: the instigator of most of this he oh, just yeah, does right. it very very quietly when you can't
4: see the, the the key is that when you try and mediate the fight afterwards you look like the hero that you, even though you instigated it
0: oh well done well played mr bruckman well played and now we know or should his we superpower? call you mr bridgeman Mommy's mm-hmm?
4: pet? yes that's right we'll uh I'll, yeah! I found out this last week That uh, my last name is German And it actually translates into Bridgeman Bridge So Man. I was like <laughs> yeah. This is the greatest thing ever even cooler to me <laughs> So cool I don't know if that means That I was running bridges For German overlords or something You know In a past in life In a past life I don't know Sure Anyway Go for it I, I, always, I think we should get into Words of Radiance Because that's please. what people are here To actually listen to and talk about
2: Thanks yep. for waiting we're ready to go now. <laughs> Only
3: took us nine minutes this time. And it's going to take nine more while I do a recap. <laughs> oh,
5: boy.
4: Ladies and gentlemen, the longest recaps in the world brought to you by Ryan Brockman. And Almost a full go. read-through. Okay. Because <laughs> prologues are important in this story, we're going to talk about them. We talk about them. This is one has a rare step into Yasna's perspective of the night that her father was assassinated. I'll leave it to say that she has a very interesting problem with her shadow, and an inky black sword-wielding Spren. We also get the uh, Parshendi's admission of guilt, but that's all I'm really going to talk about about in the uh, prologue. So we start Words of Radiance just a few days after the events of Way of Kings, and Shalon and Yasna are working their way to the Shattered Plains on Tazbek's ship. They discuss the problem ahead of convincing the Alethi that their Parshmen are just dormant Voidbringers. Oh, uh, then the ship is taken over and Yasna's murdered. Uh. Shallan's casts the ship into water as a long shot way to save her life and the life of the remaining soldiers. The sand that she spotted earlier takes her to shore, and she must now work her way to the shattered plains on her own, at least until she runs into Tavlakov, a name I hope you remember, and his slaving crew. And then she plays a game of WWJD, or What Would Yasna Do?,
5: and basically takes <laughs> Okay, that was good. Thank that you. one Thank was
4: you. nice. That took me like fifteen minutes to write.
5: <laughs>
4: and then she basically takes over two caravans and a group of deserters before she gets to the Shattered Plains, all while learning to be a con woman from Tin, who we when we discover she was responsible for Yasin's assassination, ends up with a shard blade through the chest. A shard blade that Shallan can summon. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> now let's jump to Sorry. Kaladin and the bridge crews. Kaladin and the bridge crews that Dalinar have freed have taken over the duties as bodyguards for the Colin family. While members of Bridge 4 are working on training the other bridge crews in the Spear, Kaladin, Rock, Sigil, and Lopin are working to figure out just how much Kaladin can do. Then Kaladin gets the happy news that the one and only Amaram has arrived in camp. Prepare for the return <laughs> of brooding, bitter Kaladin. Oh my
5: god, that's
4: <laughs> Dalinar and Navani are working on translating Dalinar's visions while also figuring out how to deal with Sadius. Their plan sends Adolin out to start dueling other Shardbearers in an attempt to disarm the other High Princes. In the first of his duels, Adolin literally beats down his competition. Dalinar must also now come to grips with the strange writing that is appearing on the walls after High Storms, glyphs that are a countdown timer to the destruction of his people and the coming of the Everstorm. It is all uh, and it's all disturbed by the reappearance of Zeth, the assassin in white, who has come to kill Dalinar. But Adolin, Dalinar, and Kaladin are sort of able to fight him off. <laughs> Zeth flees when he realizes that Kaladin is a surge binder. Oh, and by, by the way, way we're <laughs> also now following Eshenai in this oh series. My gosh. Yeah. Who <laughs> is providing us with the Parshendi or listener point of view of this story. We learn about her hopes to discover new forms for the listeners in an attempt to sue for peace, but what she ends up being offered is called Storm Form, a form which would allow the wares to control and even summon a high storm. That's not ominous at all. No, no. So
3: let's discuss.
2: We're only 400 pages into the book, you guys. I
3: know.
2: I love
1: them. (laughs) As we learned in the first 400 pages, Red Lightning is not bad at all. No, (laughs) Not a bad thing at all. I I would like to just submit as my first point uh, one of my favorite quotes from this entire book, and it comes really toward the beginning, and it is, um, and I quote, only a few days had passed since that event. Speaking of Shalon's time in Carbronth, how much do I love the fact that it's not one year later and then we have another 200 pages of of catch-up to do. Right. Yeah. That's you know one of the things from the uh, second Mistborn book, Well of Ascension, is you've got to take the time to figure out, wait, okay, what's everybody's role now? Yeah, what and, just uh, happened in uh, a year? You know. So anyway, I love that it. it's just a smooth continuation, especially because I had these two books side by side. I didn't have to wait for the second one to be released. I'm sure when I get to the end of this one and I'm waiting for the third book, it will be a little more annoying with the rest of us. Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
4: exactly. I'm glad you brought up a quote because that's where we're going to start this time. I didn't really feel like asking you who your favorite character is was going to fit very well because they probably haven't changed much in 400 pages and we nope. don't really have a lot of new characters either. I have a
3: feeling mine could could change. Oh, really? I well, I maybe what what's his name? Why would uh, it change, Ken? what what's the what's the swordmaster's name xyle xyle oh
4: yeah i think i remember uh, in the last cast telling either you or or todd i think it was that just to wait because it, you're going to love xyle it
3: it <laughs> did not take long either the moment he showed up like Oh, this yeah, this guy's going to become fun. Yeah. Kid, there's two people that live in this house.
2: <laughs> and I, I'm i kind of, last time I said Zeph, but we didn't really have a whole lot of him. And this time I think I'm shifting over. Adolin is my favorite character in this book. But mm-hmm. I Shalon is really fighting for the title of my favorite in this first section just because she learned so much and becomes so awesome.
4: Yeah, I... One of the things I've really enjoyed about this book is, in the first book, we really focus a lot on Kaladin, Dalinar, and, and uh, Shalon, mm-hmm. uh, with a little touch of Zeth here. Being that those characters are situated, we're starting to develop a little bit more with Adolin, a little more with maybe a couple of the bridge crew members. We get a, just a little bit more information about secondary characters yeah. that we didn't have time to do in the first. You just, there's no way you could do that without <laughs> just washing out the entire story. Yeah. So, favorite quotes or sections uh, in this, and we'll start with Todd.
0: She pointedly ignored the voice deep within her that was screaming in horror. I loved that quote. Okay, <laughs> give me end, some context. That yeah. was the that was the last that was the last uh quote at the end of the interludes right before we start part 3. With Ashnai. With I after she's come back oh, in, storm, in form, storm form. Oh, in storm form, right. 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 Oh, gosh. And I I read that and I said to myself, "Oh yeah, here we go." <laughs>
5: yeah,
0: so good. Um the the one of the, one of the things that i really like about the way that brandon sanderson writes is that he continues to find new ways to do little twists that surprise me i love the way he does it i was expecting a twist but the way that he do, the way that he wrote that i just i really i it gave me goosebumps and i pulled over to my car i pulled my car over to the side of the road i put it in
4: park and i went <sighs> there are quite a few moments like that in this
3: in this book for oh. me Ken, do you have a favorite section or quote? I got, I got so many. I have literally a dozen quotes looking in front of me, but the one I like the most probably uh, comes at the end in section, or sorry, chapter thirty-three. Awesome, wow. chapter thirty-two. End of chapter thirty-two. Strikes made with precision. A moment of oneness with the weapon. He forgot his worries. Forgot his failures. Forgot even his rage. Just Khaled and a spear, as the world was meant to be. <laughs> it. it it, it sums up, it brings everything right back. This entire book, well, okay, the first two sections are really a learning curve for Kaladin. I mean, the yeah. first one, as sucky as his life has been, the first book was really that, that has been a year of, of suck or two years of suck for <laughs> Kaladin, okay? Uh, getting basically yes, he's drafted. Now. Yeah. Well, basically, <laughs> basically drafted because his brother's been drafted and then sold into slavery because, you know, Eliade Eyes wants his shard plate and shard blade and so you know it's been bad and he's re- kind of redeemed himself but this book now that you've redeemed yourself let's see how you adapt to high society and it's where do you go from yeah here? and it has been uh, section two especially has really just challenged him on everything that he's known he's been faster he's been stronger he's been better than everybody else and now all of a sudden kid you ain't nothing yeah uh, you've got a sword an old sword master who whipped you, you know Adolin can whip you, oh, and now there's another surge binder that you know can whip you I mean everything has been you know you you are still just twenty, you're still just a kid, you've got a lot to learn, and for the moment, that just brings it all back to your very alright. nice very nice Megan,
1: what would you or do a favorite section from uh, this, or section
2: yeah, this mine is actually from chapter one um it's. Yasna talking with you know, Shalan. If oh. I
1: were your English teacher, I would say, yeah, that means you didn't really read this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> to which I would show you my notes. Yeah. Seven oh my pages Lord. worth she of notes. She pulls out six pages of <laughs> notes on here. And, and it's
1: not
0: just seven pages. It's, it's seven ridiculous. pages of a really tiny font, single-spaced. My goodness.
2: It's uh, Anyway, my quote is, power is an illusion of perception. Some kinds of power are real. Power to command armies, power to soul cast, those come into play far less often than you would think. On an individual basis, in most interactions, this thing we call power, authority, exists only as it is perceived. And my caption for that was, fake it till you make it. But I just, Shalon spent the whole first book um, lying to everyone and pretending to be something that she wasn't. And now this is something that Yasna is calling to her attention that is actually a power and it could work to her benefit. And then she proceeds in these first two sections to really work that and Mm -hmm. to try on a couple of different uh, personalities Personas. and persona, yeah, to get people to do what she wants them to do, and it works out really well.
4: Yeah, I think, especially in the first book, a lot of it is it's her gambit trying to get in as as Oscars awesome yeah. ward. In this one, it's it's a little more of a survival thing. As she's she really has to pull this off. There's um, no other choice. Yeah, it's
1: yeah. and it's going to change. You read that quote bit. for me one more time, just uh, the first part of it.
2: Power is an illusion of perception. Some kinds of power are real. Uh, Power to command armies power to soul cast these come into play far less often than often than you would think
1: okay All right. Yeah, I think it's probably later in that conversation She says on an individual basis in most interactions this thing we call power authority Exists only as it is perceived Mm -hmm. and I thought so there was a bit in your quote and then in mine it was in most interactions and I think that's kind of key. It's like, yeah. don't forget. Uh, yeah, I mean, perception goes a long way, but uh, it's not everything. There is such a thing as real power. Yeah. Uh, real well, and authority. even, even Tin you...
2: says that you can only maintain these for so long, and at some point you have yeah. to back off.
1: Right. What would you
4: say in, in this story specifically is real power? Oh,
1: I mean, wow. you think about uh, Zeth and... Mm-hmm. the inability of anybody who comes against him right up until he makes it to the Shattered mm-hmm. Plains. Nobody has been able to stop him, not even close. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a power that the others, the, you know, these kings and their guards and all their armies that they can't match. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just, it, it it's, there are some stories out there where uh, the assassin or somebody, a, a lot of it is, a lot of their power is just based on people's fear of them and mm-hmm. that's not the case with Zeth mm-hmm. he will kill you it's I would I would argue that I mean I agree with that
4: I would say that we're looking at surge binding uh, I would say magic systems in general are a lot of times your power uh, those who can wield them and wield them effectively like that's a real power in this that's why Zeth is no one can stop Zeth because n- no one else has his powers no one knows how to fight that that's a, a real thing it's not a perception that's something you have to deal with um, I have a quote, too, uh, but it has absolutely zero philosophical value or anything. I just enjoy it very much. It says, my other hand, Lopin said, the one that was cut off long ago, <laughs> eaten by a fearsome beast. It's making a rude gesture towards you right now. I thought you would wish to know so you can prepare to be insulted.
5: <laughs> <laughs> That's why
4: oh, you love the Lopen. <laughs> <laughs> you got to love the Lopin. He's just
1: got the best stuff. I've got another quote. Go for if it. If you want it. Because uh, my first one didn't quite count, I think. Uh, Shalon meets Kaladin for the first time Yay. on her Yay. way to the Shattered Plains, and she's impersonating <laughs> a Horn Eater princess. Oh, that's <laughs> not going to go wrong so at any point great. in time. I, I will tell all who will listen. When arriving, I will say, "Colin is stealer of boots and taker of woman's virtue." Cal sputtered, virtue, yes, Shalon said, then she glanced over to tin, virtue, no wrong word, virtue, no vesture, vesture, take her of woman's vesture, that is the word I wanted. The soldier glanced to his companions, looking confused. Drat Shalon thought, good puns are lost on men with poor vocabulary yeah. <laughs> this this
4: thought goes through
1: Craig's mind frequently, <laughs> uh,
4: okay, that's it, funny, yeah, there's good a good moment. I. Despite the weight of everything going on in this story, from beginning to to now, uh, there's still a lot of enjoyment in the uh, lighthearted moments with the Lopin, with those with the interactions between characters that you know their personalities are going to clash a bit. Yeah. Um. And now, um, it it's closer to the end of this this section that we're talking about today. But now we have all of our core characters in one in place. Shattered planes. Um, yeah. and back in our first, I think it was our first uh, podcast of Way of Kings, Craig talked about this wishing that these were written as three separate books or, you know, as separate books, separate uh, perspectives. And here's one of the reasons why I don't think that really works is because all three of these are now so intertwined that yeah. if you if you write one person's book you're really writing two thirds of someone else's, mm-hmm. especially with Dalinar and Kaladin. There's not much in this section that Kaladin, uh, of Kaladin that isn't connected immediately to a discussion with Dalinar, right. something like that. Um, yeah. Just a, a thought I had on that. Uh who has a point that they would like to discuss?
1: Correct? You can say that 18 times and I'll keep raising my hand. <laughs> okay. Uh apparently the same is is true for Megan. Uh I have lots of points that I oh want to bring gosh. up. I'd like to talk about Shadesmar. First of all, on a less serious note and then a more serious note. Uh, quote Shadesmar is here, all around us, right now. This is Yasna talking. Mm-hmm. All things exist there in some form, as all things exist here. And then you picture that with his description of Shadesmar, and you think to yourself, Ah, it's the upside down. Yeah. What? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just oh. kidding. <laughs> i just kidding.
0: Okay, it just I ri- spent the whole morning in a room with people? a flickering light. Please uh, don't you? do
1: these kinds of things to me. I'm now nervous about behind me. There
2: are lots of bright lights right now. If you mm-hmm. haven't
1: watched Stranger Things yet, do it. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, on a more serious note, Shadesmar. Am I correct, Ryan? And I don't think this is a spoiler. If I am, but Shadesmar is the cognitive realm. Yes. Yes, they've actually. have they, they said, they oh, said, they they said, said that? that? Yeah, okay, said I friendly. wasn't sure if I remembered. Yeah. Um, Even Ken remembered that. Anyway, it's, she also says Can't about Shadesmar, it is a, a world of deep, profound thought. A world created by deep, profound thought. And it made me think of Shadesmar the way that I, I uh, thought of the old forest outside the Shire mm-hmm. in our Lord of the Rings series. Um, where Shadesmar, in a way, may be a sort of stand-in for sub-creative literature as a whole. Uh it's you know world creative created by deep profound thought mm. um, so that's that's Tolkien's term subcreative, right anyway we create or we read of different worlds and there's they're very similar only they have different inhabitants or maybe slightly different rules right and what happens there both can and cannot affect our real world uh, you know you, you think this year is the 50th anniversary of Star Trek and that's not real, but it has right. in a big way affected our real world, right? Right. Um. Anyway, so yeah, it got me got me to thinking about how the spread works, how the cognitive realm works, and I think maybe you have to be aware of it and be willing to venture into it before you can affect it. But it is going to affect you whether you like it or not. Hmm. What else
4: did you guys? That's what else did you guys catch about Shades More? There's a few things that I one of the things that i struggle with especially when like writing the recaps and everything is sometimes things that don't make a big that aren't a big deal your first read through are a big deal but you don't know it till you get it later on but what did you, what have you learned about shadesmar and also i'll i'll put i'll hold this until just afterwards but keep it in your mind um, what have you learned different about spren because we've learned a oh, lot gosh. more about spren in there's so, so, so much lots of spren
1: shadesmar seems to be um, and, and spoiler alert. I apologize. I'll give you three to five seconds. Spoiler alert for Mistborn: Secret History. Uh, Shadesmar, if it's the Cognitive Realm, feels very different than it did in Secret History. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if that's world to world. Where uh, it, when Kelsier was experiencing the Cognitive Realm, it seemed to be um, a, a kind of smoky, wispy thing, and then when Shallan dives in, it's all beads. Beads that represent different objects. I'm I'm going to throw us out there, and I can't
4: 100% back this up because I'm not I, I haven't gotten to this point in my Cosmere 101 writing stuff. Um, I actually don't know that the cognitive realm is the one that Kelsier is in. Oh, oh, do, are there we are never told realms. that oh. there are three? Oh, realms. there's the oh, spiritual right. realm. There's a spiritual realm, which is I think the one that that Kelsier uh, might be in. Okay, that the makes reason why sense. is because the cognitive realm, and we learn this uh, as we talk about Shadesmar here. Uh, it's it's a realm of... It's all thought. Like, it's all just thought. And there's a great discussion between Pattern, who is my one of my favorite characters in this book. <laughs> He's funny. Uh, Pattern and Shalon talking about what is truth and the table. Do you guys remember this discussion? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's like, well, it has four legs, and, you know, that that's a truth it has four legs and he says it only pattern says it only has four legs it's just wood it only has four legs because it has been perceived so long by humans as having four legs that the table itself assumes that these are legs like so the
1: it's a weird way of thinking
2: i think it's interesting that they assign thought and personality to what we consider inanimate objects and that Mm -hmm. uh, shallan has to convince the ship to change Yes. Like, it's not just going to change because she wants it to, but she has to, like, have an argument for it to do what she wants. <laughs> right. Which
4: makes me, like, it makes me curious for, um, example in the time it takes to soul cast something. Because if you mm-hmm. think back to Yasna in the first book, uh, soul casting the boulder, taking just a little bit of time, uh, when, uh, the goblet gets soul cast. Like, are they having conversations with these pieces trying to, that have to convince them to change the way that we see Shalon doing, uh, with the boat and with the stick? I am Probably. a stick. I am a stick.
3: <laughs> I'm a stick. I am a stick. <laughs>
4: um, but you could be fire.
3: I am a stick. I am a stick. <laughs> but then think
4: back to Yasna and when she d- kills the three thieves. Boom, boom, boom. There wasn't a discussion. There wasn't much of a discussion. I, uh, this is one of the things that really has me curious because... They're living beings. These people were living beings. How did you soul cast them into fire, into crystal, into things like that?
2: Yeah, cause they probably would not have done so willingly. Yeah. I'm
0: yeah. I'm I'm curious about um I'm I'm curious about how this piece is going to unfold. As I as I one of the things that I have that I picked up on, and maybe I'm absolutely wrong on this, but it seems like um, time. Does not move the same in the cognitive realm as it does in the physical realm, mm-hmm. and so as Shalon is having this long conversation with this stick, it's it it feels like it is a a span of time, but then when we pick it up in the in the actual reading, it feels like to everybody else no time had or, or to to the world no time had took, taken place, mm-hmm. and so right. I'm wondering if that's um, if our perception of what Yasna did in that moment and what what would have happened had we seen beyond the curtain of the cognitive realm in that moment mm-hmm. may have been very different i'm i'm anxious to find out
4: i'm also curious as to again cuz i don't have a clear delineated answer how people interact with shadesmar are they there because like again you think back to the mm-hmm. other times you've seen soul casting the people don't disappear from the hallway. They don't disappear from those it's moments. A,
1: it's a cognitive realm, right? Uh, yeah. Right. Yes,
4: it is a cognitive realm. So is it just there? But th- there's still a physical danger, like Pattern says. You can't. It's dangerous because if you go there. Didn't
1: you ever watch Inception? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, when Okay, wait a minute. How many uh,
0: times did you watch
3: Inception?
4: Uh, just the mandatory first. Okay, well, that when, explains when a lot, <laughs> Chillon, doesn't it?
0: Yeah.
3: When Chillon goes there the first time, it nearly drowns in beads. Well, you know, but I, like, is she actually drowning in beads, or is she? Will they be a vegetable afterwards? Like, right. if you drown in that, like, I don't, I'm I, not sure. Interesting, also by the way, that it's basically upside down. Land is water, water's land. I'm glad you caught like, that. Oh, yeah, wait, that was, wait a second. Oh. Living, things, was,
4: living things are just lights. The, uh,
3: who else like, had that experience though? Water's land, land is water.
4: Yeah, Todd did. I Todd, did.
0: Todd, Todd did, well, Kelsey,
3: didn't see and go blah, 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 I and secret did. history. I've been, you
0: know. I've been to Shadesmar. It's
4: really not a nice place, um, <laughs> but it's where the it's where the, from what we understand so far, I mean, that's kind of where the spren, that's their home, their core area is, because they aren't, the yeah. spren that we see in the world, the physical manifestations, those are, they're exactly
1: that, physical manifestations of things that exist in Shadesmar. Mm. You know, Strahil brings up a good point. What's that? Uh, he says, I think the cognitive realm is represented differently in each world, depending on how the shards are represented in each world. Oh. I think Kelsier is in the cognitive realm because it's the midpoint between the two others, and we see him interact with the physical realm. And I'm not mm-hmm. sure he could do that if he had gone on to the spiritual. Anyway. Well, and that's an interesting. To gone on to the spiritual up, but, because yeah.
4: anything you do, any, like, Allomancy, Stormlight, anything that you do like that affects all three realms mm-hmm. that's we'll talk about that in the Cosmere that yeah. anything that you do affects on all three levels yeah. well and oh, I was going
2: to say I think it's interesting interesting that Yasna can join Shalon in that in Shadesmar and that they mm-hmm. both perceive yeah. it in the same way and even Elokar has said a couple of things where he's seeing the symbol like the creepy symbol had beings and over my shoulder in right. the mirror and yes. I, I wondered if anybody
3: else had caught that I thought I'd saw that but I didn't bring it up because I didn't want to he talks okay. about it. I mean, it's it's yeah. at the end of the way it a of King of of times. Yes.
2: actually, yeah.
4: that yeah, yeah. you need to be looking for the, the creatures that, I, that I'm seeing that in I the see mirror. Over my, yeah, that I see over my shoulder. Which leads us, us to believe is it possible that he could also be a radiant or one of these
1: have a spren yeah. uh, because that, that. Who's that? El-Hokar. El-Hokar. Oh, Elokar, right. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I, I missed the thread. Did we already talk about him seeing things over his shoulder? Is that we what we just, just really got Okay, started. good, good, good. We're just I, him. I was paying Craig attention went to the cognitive Sorry. Greg yeah. went to Shadesmar for a second there.
4: <laughs> Stop trying to soul cast Ken. Now he's
3: a stick. <laughs> but I am Ken. I am Ken.
5: <laughs> right here, so yes, you are. Here right I love it.
1: Anyway, <laughs> yeah. uh, you were saying about I uh, that No, right. that's that's it. I just, I love that moment. And I, I thought I'm so smart for seeing that. And now I'm yeah. glad to see that you're all at least as smart as me. Right. Well, it, it's just, <laughs> it's least. interesting
2: because it kind of validates he's been so paranoid this whole time that somebody's going to try to kill him. And he is seeing things and nobody else understands what he's seeing because they haven't. But it is a real thing. He's even, not making it up.
0: Even Dalinar isn't experiencing this. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I think has been interesting is that most of our characters have have a connection to a spren, but we haven't seen Dalinar's. And I'm wondering if that's something that we haven't seen, or it's something that we're going to see, or it's because Dalinar has a different role to play. He doesn't have a spren at all. It Mm -hmm. feels
1: like he has a different role to play, but also consider that um, Pattern, I think Pattern and Sil have both said, I've been following you for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, And these people only became aware of those spren, you know, it, when within, the Spren allowed it, uh, is that it? I'm not sure. Or when the when the person was ready. I that's Yeah. Kind of, okay. kind of what I anyway. Think. So yeah, I think we very well could see a Spren, but I wouldn't be surprised if we don't for Dalinar.
3: Yeah. It feels like we wouldn't. I, I thought it was interesting it, that uh, Zeth answered one of the questions we had last time about whether he has you know evil Spren, mm-hmm. you know, an anti-cell oh, or whatever. Right. No. Sill, has, Sill came out and said yeah. there's no Spren helping him. Yeah, yeah. No, he there's No Honor
4: other... would do yeah, what he, he wants to no do. He has no
3: Jiminy Cricket setting him right. So, And as far as we know, this is one of the
4: things that I find really interesting. Sill has said, I'm the only Honor Spren that is defying, right. That is mm-hmm. that, dis, that, that that broke the rule. So right now, you know, Kaladin asked, are there more people like me? And she was kind of having a hard time answering that. But in terms of Windrunners, as far as we know, there are no other Windrunners because as far as Sill knows, she's the only Honor Spren who is directly defying someone. Which
3: ugh, brings it, up so many are they questions. The,
1: are they both, right, Kaladin and, and Zeth, both the same type of surge binder? Do we know that? They're both Windrunners. They, they had
3: that conversation. Did they? Yeah. They
4: both have the same, they both have the same surges. Okay. Um, I, that's all, that's all I can say about that. Which is what freaked Zeth
3: out and ran, may have forced him to run off. Because uh, let, he thought he was the only one.
4: Well, he thought he's the only one, but there's another aspect of that, and we should talk about that right now because it came up and it's important. Zeth says, They said I was truthless. Yes. Yeah. I was, I was truthless. But obviously now he freaks out and goes, Wait a minute. If there are surge binders here, then. Then they he's were all sorts wrong. of truthy. And and, I... <laughs> and now
0: it, it takes me, it, it took me in that moment back to the story that Wit was telling Kaladin about the fact, mm-hmm. oh, he did all of these things because he could say that somebody else was responsible for it. They hold his oath stone. It's not his fault. He has to do this. But now that he finds out, Oh, wait a minute. Maybe all of that was a lie. Maybe he, maybe he's coming to that same conclusion that all of the people on that, uh, in the, in the Island did. I'm responsible for everything I've done. I have to bear that responsibility.
4: And what will that do to him?
0: Well, I think we're already starting to identify that, his grasp on what we would call reality is rather tenuous at best, mm-hmm. and he's been uh, losing it last little while. And and I th- and I think that as I, I mean, it, when 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 individuals are pushed to the breaking point in in any endeavor, um, they they can only do so for so long. And I think that I think that Zeth is going to come to a place where. I, I, I anticipate this, that Sanderson is writing Seth to Zeth to a point where he has to make a choice yeah. um, Sanderson Sanderson seems to write things about people making choices I mean we all do that we all have yeah. to make choices every book is at some point about people making choices but Brandon Sanderson is very is very careful about writing them uh, in a way that they recognize that they are making choices Adolin makes choices choices about the way that he duels and he makes them consciously and carefully it's not an accident that he goes into this into this first duel and just bludgeons the guy no 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 this was a plan Mm -hmm. um it's not an accident that he is almost beaten or it looks like he's almost being beaten in his second duel no 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 this is a plan these are choices that are being made and i and i think that we that we will see zeth driven to a place where he has to make a choice between what he's been and something else
3: as the guy who's channeling the rhythm of punching would I'd, I'd have to say that i think adolin's first duel i think it was a choice but i don't think it was a plan i think he made the choice as he got there going no this doesn't require finesse or dueling skill or or strategy this requires a good fashion but
0: beat it's down. still a choice oh, well, so yeah
2: and Navani, but it wasn't a plan yeah my point. and mm. it it didn't sound like a plan because Navani at the end says, Oh, yeah, no, I can work this and I can get other people to do you because of such and, and such. At the and very he's like, end, oh, he's yeah, like oh, yeah, that totally, was totally why I did totally it. Totally
3: meant to do that. Yes. Yeah. I wonder if he did.
4: There's one other thing that happens in the, uh, jumping back to the Zeth, Zeth and Kaladin and Dalinar and Adolin fight. Uh, anyone else notice the other huge thing that happens in that fight?
2: That Kaladin, Kaladin gets Kaladin cut can by the get sword. His oh, oh arm by back. the way, the, the oh, can heal himself. Oh my gosh! Okay, so he can cool.
1: stand us how glad am I that that happened because I, know, right? I was not, <laughs> I was not prepared to deal with the whole like hand chopping off thing. And I was it, ready for what Luke What do Stein I do with her? my life now? It's a, it's a. Uh, Thing that happens all the time in fantasy that is getting a bit wearying oh, the yeah. hero with the hand that's lost you know and so when he healed yeah. out, oh thank goodness
3: because then I was
0: absolutely uh, a fit waiting for somebody to walk up and say
3: Kaladin I am your father I was <laughs> say the, the Kaladin Skywalker
1: <laughs> or a story coming up soon a spoiler alert for future podcast series that we'll do but I believe somebody gets their hand cut off in a future uh, Robert Jordan series that we're going to be talking about that's that's the rumor there's a, somebody gets there well, anyway want to read it. i may as well not even read the whole series now <laughs> <laughs> i craig, just don't want to get too much into it craig would this be a great time to do the word of the day <gasps> oh good call i've waited 37 minutes i apologize everybody i'll go ahead and just i'll, I'll mark it in the show notes that where whereabouts it is at least <laughs> glory spread fade around todd <laughs> whoops uh <laughs> the word of the day today is what what? 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 That's it. That's all I'm giving you. What? You'll have to wait until next word? week for the next one. I feel like we're on the start Who? of it. the uh, oh. Who? Who's on first bit here? Yeah, yeah. Was, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> it was also the first word of Beowulf. Uh, <laughs>
4: random fact aside. Okay. <laughs> all right. Okay. So yeah. there you, all right. you go. <laughs> all right. Megan, do you have uh, in your midst of these many pages of your dissertation on Brandon Sanderson? Um,
2: um, really, these are just things that I highlighted that I like. So I'm going to, if I can find it, I can't. Um, I just, I just highlighted one that just says, I love wit. So I wanted to read it. (laughs) Uh, it's in that last interlude. Um, he says, uh, yes, your majesty. He hopped out of the wagon and felt, well, the, the guard is talking about how wit just jumped out of the wagon and picked up a rock. He says, yes, your majesty. He hopped out of the wagon and found one. And then, um, he hit himself on the head with it, your majesty, did it three or four times, came back to the wagon with an odd grin and said, uh, yes, well, he said that he needed. a I had this remembered for you. He says, I needed an objective frame of reference by which to judge the experience of your company. Somewhere between four and five blows, I place it. <laughs> I don't really understand what he meant, sir. I think he was mocking me. Yeah, safe bet.
3: I I pictured that in the same realm of how many uh, hits it takes Craig to weather all of us, oh. and, and and immediately afterwards, Elokar, I like, this whip. I like right?
4: this
2: whip. We haven't really
4: seen him uh, in this story up to this point. Uh, he's been out doing other things, um, but
2: well, and we get this through the foggy memory of poor Talon, who's just mm-hmm. having a really hard time figuring out what he's supposed to be doing there.
4: But that I, okay. I'm glad you brought that one up. Uh, one thing that's different about this one and in, in our discussions going forward. Um, in the past, we've held the interludes kind of till the end, only briefingly, briefly, <laughs> briefly touching. <laughs> <on>. <laughs> wow, smart. <laughs> Use your words, Ryan. Use your words. I'm trying. I'm just using the wrong ones. Uh, but the fact is, is these interludes, for the first time, or mostly for the first time are directly affecting the story we're in now. Yeah, Yeah, these are pertinent. In Way of King, you had Zeth, his one was affecting you currently, that you could tell, like, timeline-wise, that this is happening, you know, doing something to what's happening now. Well, now with these interludes, we have Esh and and now we have this one with Mm Talon, who is, the bigger deal here is that we're revisiting the Radiant that showed up at the end of Way of Kings. Um, And what he's talking about, what were you guys' thoughts about what the Radiant kept talking about and mumbling? And the air storm
0: comes. It's been too long. How long has it been? How long has it been? Yeah. Um I So am I am I right in am I right in presuming should I say radiant? that Herald. this that Herald, yeah. that town is the one that was that chose to stay behind? That didn't. Or that was left. Behind. No, he or was, that was left, left behind. behind. Yeah, uh, because he wouldn't. He wouldn't honor the pact anymore. And the, no, the
1: right. rest of them did not honor the pact. That's right. That's right. Yeah, the
3: the other nine he walked away. Dying. He was the only one to die this time, which looked like a great victory. Oh, only one of us died, so the other nine. Basically they bailed on him. That's right. That's right.
2: He has been suffering alone.
3: Yeah, and he's suffering even now yeah.
4: The first thing I've that I didn't catch until this time through is he's He's sitting there talking and you're getting a little bit from his perspective He's talking about everything around him is fire you know, the ground is fire yeah. everything's mm-hmm. here And when the other heralds had been talking about they couldn't go back to having you know the fire the the hooks in their skin everything like that. It's like, okay, so he's He's suffering and he's come back for this desolation, but he's too, he keeps saying I might be too late this time mm-hmm. and I just think it's really like for me. I I I read this one and he's going through and he's listing off the other heralds Mm -hmm. and saying they'll teach you this, this, this. And I'm like sitting here going, so every time that something has happened to this world, the desolation has come. These heralds have come and done this. Like he just outlined what happens before every desolation. Here's a sign of the desolation. The heralds return. Teach you how to soul cast bronze. Um, uh, yeah, something like that. it it was all of a sudden just kind of like a, oh, this is a, this is a very, very interesting section about the heralds that we don't get a lot of that, but right. it's very important.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, and earlier, um, in like the one vision we get from Dalinar, the Almighty is saying, the knights radiant, they were a solution, a way to offset the destruction of the desolations. And later he says, um, you will need to refound them. This is your task, unite them, because there's nobody else to do it,
5: mm-hmm.
2: which is horrifying. <laughs>
4: That brings up a point. Have you guys caught what the, um, I feel like there's one personification, one element to each of our three characters uh, that, like, it's their word for what they're doing. Right. Uh, have you caught, though, that with each of the three characters?
1: Mm, well, I mean, there's, there's the spren. So Shalan has a lie spren, Kaladin has an honor spren. What is that? What you're thinking? Kind of. So, for example, I'm
4: gonna I'll give you Kaladin's here because I think his is the easiest. It's actually protect. You can oh, yeah. go protect yeah, yeah. or yeah. honor. Right. Oh. Kaladin's protect. So, what is Shalon and what is Dalin? I don't remember. Dalinar's unite. Oh, nice. Yeah, good yeah. one. Yeah. But there I don't know what he's all about. Uniting the kingdoms, unite. Yeah, but I don't, I don't would I be manipulate sh- or <laughs> or discover. Shalon discover or hide.
3: I don't remember. I'm sure I'm sure I read it and or I'm sure I noted it, but I just don't I mean
0: that. there's there's something about there's there's something about Shallan and, and you know, maybe this gives us a maybe this takes us off the topic you wanted to go, but I but I I've I found um, when I was when I was listening, not reading, I apologize, that the scenes where Shallan starts to manifest her power subconsciously she's not aware that she's doing it when she when her dress becomes the the fine gown of a of a queen and she's and her hair is um beautifully coiffed and all of these kinds of things they talk about what the people see about her and yet at the same time she says nothing's changed about me but this but she could feel the light when it was when it was happening right and and all of this is about the way that she is perceived by those around her based on what is needed at the time. She, f- it feels like she yeah. is doing things to move people in a direction because they need, to, because she needs them to go this way.
2: So, would it be lead?
0: Manipulate I wouldn't more say. Lead. I actually,
4: my, I feel like Shalon's word is truth.
1: That's what I initially wanted to say, but then when you... You you led me astray with the sprint thing. Sorry. That's...
4: And the main reason, despite everything that she's doing, you know, Pattern keeps calling it the lies, the lies, the lies, whatever. Everything about her powers, everything about what she's doing is about... Like, it's about revealing a truth or changing a truth, a perception or something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Her... Like, that's... That's what I would go. Uh, The other one I would kind of go with is Illuminate, because that's the name Mm -hmm. of her other power, which... I think is super cool and makes her drawing make a whole lot more sense.
0: But certainly for for Shalon, um she spends all, she spends all of her time around people with deep secrets. Um Yasna has these deep secrets. She she was hiding the entire time, not just a not just a secret about the Void Bringers, but also the secret about the fact that she was plotting to have someone assassinated during the on the same night that her father was Um, her brothers and all of the, all of the secrets that are going on there. Obviously there is a secret between her and her father um, Mm -hmm. that we have not discovered. I, I still think I know what it is. Um, I'll ask for your prediction at the end and you can tell me. Um, But, but all, and then the time that she spends with tin, all of these, all of her interactions are with people who are built around lies and they have to and and, so, and they have to share with her their truth.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: And as soon as they do, they seem to die. Um, Yasna, oh. as soon as we reveal as soon as she reveals that she knows the truth about the Voidbringer, shortly after that she's murdered. Um, Tin as soon as she reveals the truth about who she really is, then Shalon kills her. I'm wondering what more happens when a few other people reveal some secrets I'm I, I'm waiting. I'm oh. waiting oh. <laughs> so that oh. means.
1: As we watch Adolin's bouts, I'm gonna have to wait and see just how close he is with Shalana. That because they're gonna meet. Just, yeah, well, yeah, everyone's to, going yeah, to yeah, yeah everyone's gonna meet up. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I, every time he fights, so if he's in a battle, or he's in one of these uh, duels, I'm always like, oh jeez, he's gonna die. He's
0: gonna lose everything. <laughs> and uh, and I can't wait to see what pattern how pattern relaxed, reacts to Adolin. That's that ought to be an entertaining uh, conversation. Uh, go
2: ahead. I was gonna say I find it fascinating that. Um, Shallan and Kaladin have keep bumping into the same people, but they're having like the opposite experience with these. Oh man, What's, because uh, Kaladin Gaz. runs in. When Gaz I mean, Gaz he's shows up. he's a. I mean, Tavlakov is his like owns him as a slave and goes and sells him. And Tavlakov meets Shallan and Shallan's like, "Okay, I'm in charge now. Let's go." <laughs> and then she meets up with Gaz, who hated Kaladin and did everything he could to make his life miserable. But Kaladin was, you know, bribing and all that jazz. And then Shallan meets him and makes Gaz feel like a million bucks. Like, oh, I, I might be okay. I can get through this. That's I'm a decent person.
4: You, you, part of the reason why I find that very You're interesting. You're about the parallels. A little
2: bit. So there's that, another one I want to mention, but I won't because spoilers. So, yeah. Next time.
4: If you look at the night's Radiant uh, image, the double eye, uh, and where everything is located, the Windrunners are in the upper right-hand corner and the Lightweavers are in the bottom left-hand corner, which is oh, what yeah. Shalon is. They're They're on polar opposites of the order spectrum there. And I guess when I saw
0: those, I kind of had to wonder if the reason that they were having such different experiences with Shallan was because of their experiences with Kaladin, not necessarily because of the experiences that they're having with Shallan. If there's something about the way that that experience has gone with Kaladin that has changed them somehow, I
1: don't know. Well, possible. before we yeah. do anything else I, I don't know if we're going on to a new subject but Jared really wanted us to talk about Zile's interview or interlude, interlude. just, just, oh just a God. second oh, yeah. <laughs> So are we going to get there I yeah, just we'll want to make there, sure we'll we go there, there next okay. but I
4: have to bring up the fact that you talked about uh, Shalon and this is her book so I think we'll, yeah. we should spend a lot of time uh, talking about her. You talked about all these, these other people and their lies and these everything that they've been hiding And as soon as they reveal it. How about her big reveal at the end here right. with the shard blade? Oh, my goodness.
1: Well, didn't we know she
2: had one?
4: No. no. they hinted never, at it a have, lot. There's been a lot of hints, okay, but there's never been I, an actual drawing of her shard blade until this moment. I, I, she
1: thinks it, about
2: 10 heartbeats all the time. Because when, it, it, came when it
1: finally out of happened, no, it didn't come out of nowhere. Because I mean, when it this. happened, I thought, oh, finally. You
4: need to hit him with a rock a few times yeah. so that it's... <laughs> It no, it did didn't. I'm just saying. I,
1: how would I, I, I? I'm not that smart. <laughs> how oh. would how would this have not been a surprise to me unless it was hinted at or or even told outright yeah, that no, she had one?
4: No, yeah, there there has been plenty of of little uh, breadcrumbs to make you assume that she had a shard blade.
0: Okay, yeah. I I missed it too.
4: I totally Craig, missed so. it. So
0: okay. obviously, you get it on the second read through. You're smarter
3: than I am.
4: I've only read it uh, once. Like because it's okay. something.
3: Never mind.
2: You do okay. get it on the second read through. It's it's very
4: <laughs> obvious on the second read through obviously. But there's there are a lot of things that there are a lot of breadcrumbs that tell you that it's there, but she never pulls the shard blade out and I I don't want to ruin anything, but did you notice anything different about her shard blade?
3: No. Um yes, but No. No. It didn't it didn't feel like a sword. It Not didn't feel the like
4: blade a- itself. The process. Yeah, that's
3: what I'm saying. It didn't feel like it didn't feel like a, a shard oh, blade. It felt okay. Like, Walk me back through it then. Stop
4: being mysterious. I, I wanted to see if anyone else caught it because okay. that's if you caught it, then I feel less inclined. I feel like less like I'm spoiling something for you. If you read that section, she's it, she says ten heartbeats. Wait, I don't need that long. Something along yeah. those lines.
3: Oh. It, well, it was a question. Every uh, shard blade, long, so.
4: Every shard blade needs ten heartbeats, as far as we know. But for some reason. She says, I don't need to wait that long. I, I don't need the 10 heartbeats. Yeah. There's something different about her and okay. her show. Okay, all
0: right, duly noted. But for her, it didn't have to be 10, did it? No, it must be. Time, I need time. Yeah, I'm reading that. I'm reading on that oh, page. Oh, well,
3: that, that's right. That's oh. what it says. No, it must be. So maybe it was 10 heartbeats and she stalled. Is but. it this?
0: Is it her connection with the spheres? She's talking about the spheres at that point in time. Is there something different about someone who was using stormlight well, I feel like we're getting into shard blade he's,
1: inappropriate questions. He's well, not and even then does that mean now. that no.
2: Kaladin could just pull a shard blade from anywhere? Now that this
1: was this other... brings up one of my questions and I can't remember if I brought it up in our Way of King series, but where do the shard blades come from? Because when they appear they're misty, they're dripping, they mm. uh they they materialize from somewhere. Right? Yeah. Where are they coming from? And my afraid, bark, I can't
4: answer that question right now' I,
1: Wait, I'm just I, I'm not asking for an answer. I'm just saying yeah, it's something I can't even answer even that much. I've, okay, I, because... I, I, I
0: thought the same thing. and i my my first thought was the cognitive realm um that they are that they are summoned in the same way that soul casting is done, that the that these are. That these are some of that piece, but I'm I, I'm like you. I'm thinking eh, they got to come from somewhere. Maybe that's where they're coming from. Yeah.
4: If you're talking about like, are they just appearing out of nowhere? Like are, matter exists beforehand. Yeah, they exist. There's a form in which they exist. Okay, that much I can give you. Oh, don't you roll hey, your <laughs> eyes at me? Hey, before we talk <laughs> about when, you, when, you re- when it's all revealed, you'll go. I get it. I get it.
3: Before, well, of course. Before we talk about Xyle, <laughs> can we? No, God, no, no, we have to talk I about style. I want to address. We have to st-
0: talk about style st- first.
3: St- I want to address Strail's question or, or comment about how Adolin was talking to his Shardblade. I loved that. I thought that was such a great little scene when him just pre- pre- prepping for his duel, talking to his Shardblade, holding, uh, holding it reverential. You know, mm-hmm. I just thought that was great. I don't, I don't think there was anything more to it than that. I mean, I don't think it was like the sword talks back to him. I think it was just him appreciating what he had and, and actually taking a moment. And
4: That whole section actually got me thinking just a little bit. And yes, I promise you, we're going to Zile right next to the right next is because uh, Navani gives him crap about it. Like you should be, yeah. you know, you know, you should be praying to this uh, to the almighty or whatever. Concerned about the almighty, not about you should get what, what you've eaten, yeah. Lo- yeah. what you've eaten
3: for lunch. But athletes but he yeah he he has his little athlete yeah. rituals i i flagged us. that did you eat chicken did you do this did you That's great we all have these things and it's it
4: people like well it has nothing to do with like like i used to like i had certain shirts that i wore on game days for my team like things yeah. that i do like that when it comes to athletes especially or someone who's about to go into a duel that muscle memory whatever triggers that uh-huh. gets you going yes. totally worth doing i, I just yes, thought that was is. all great okay anyway so Xyle. so Xyle. Xyle <laughs>
3: He's so cool. <laughs>
4: you're welcome, Jared. <laughs> yes, and Xyle's Interlude, although short, is included in this discussion, okay, guys? Um, and can you refresh me? So Xyle's Interlude is the one where Kaladin comes knocking at his door late at night to ask him to train him in the how to fight a shard blade uh
1: because Oh, that, oh, is this where we talk about the thunderclap or whatever it was? No, that's no. You're, that's further down. Is that further road. down? Okay, darn it.
4: Um <laughs> Oh, he, no. he just comes No, no, he does That say was Dalinar. Dalinar catches the blade, but it has not been called a thunderclap yet. Um,
3: no, yeah, he says whatever. No, but anyway,
4: it's uh, so <laughs> Kaladin comes and knocks on Xyle's door late at night. Xyle, and the thing is, what's important about this interlude is the little thoughts that he has. It's not the action that, no, of Kaladin coming there. Yeah. It's he says, you know, he's, his eyes snapped open. He was aware someone was coming before they even were there. It was always the case. And then he says uh, something along the lines of, he, you know, he. Ex- did he hear voices no he hadn't heard them in years like yeah yeah okay so yeah i remember that part
2: whose voice is he expecting to hear there's I a lot
4: know. of it, it raises a lot of questions about xyle like okay you're obviously not just a sword master you're not just an ardent you know like, which that
3: was all clear right from the moment meeting him
4: yeah he's so. just the first time calvin walks over to him they like turn and face each other it's yeah like, oh, okay but yeah, there's, like, I, reading it this time, it, gave, it raised, like, three or four questions for me. Why is this man the way he is? What are these things that he deals with? Um, and then where did it come from? Because there are other people who have similar things that they're dealing with that are um, given to them from the Night Watcher. Yeah. We talked about oh. the Night Watcher's curses. So I'm wondering if, is this a Night Watcher thing where he, he's his the boon night, was the night he, watcher <clears throat> that's the one that dalinar visited at some point and why he can't hear his voice oh, okay the, all right yeah. the night watcher gives you a boon and a curse and you know perhaps Ziles was to be the greatest sword uh, sword master ever but his curse was that yeah he was haunted by these voices or i don't know like i'm just trying to try to figure out where that might have come from hmm. um because it, it raised a lot of questions for me so that's, to me, that's what the interlude, why it's so exciting is because it raises a bunch of questions about a character that's really cool that we like, but we don't have yeah. any answers.
3: I, like, I can't think of, I don't
4: have any answers for who Zile is or what that means.
3: Um, you mean you don't have any answers thus far that you're going to share with us or you don't have any answers? Because I want more xyle in the second half of this book. Oh, you'll get more okay. Zile. Okay.
4: You'll get more Zile, but I don't, it's not going to
3: be... You're not not going to have all your questions answered. Yeah. His his training tactics were great with Renard. I know, right? Go to the top of that platform. Jump off. Head first. Now jump off head first. (laughs) Yeah. Well,
2: and I appreciate that he takes individual personality into account because he, I mean, he spends all that time lecturing Renard and he's like, well, he totally listened. So now I know he's going to be excellent no matter what. And uh, he approaches Kaladin, who he sees is going to need some kind of training. He approaches him in an entirely different way.
3: Yeah. Characters like Xyle always resonate with me, just because they get people. I'm I and I love it.
4: I'm wondering where he's from, actually, just because I, know,
0: right? I, he I uses am too. His, you guys don't have Use, any good idioms when he says <laughs> stupid language, no proper metaphors at all. I thought to myself, hmm, yeah, that one's not that one's not ominous at all either. I, 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 I more more than meets the eye. <laughs>
1: Thank you. Um, I went there too. Thank you. Uh, so. <laughs> Sorry, that's not where I was going, but I'm glad that all of you were raised in the nineties with Transformers. Is it <clears throat> is it interesting to anyone else? And I'm I'm off Xyle at the moment. Okay. Is that okay?
3: okay? Re- really quickly on Xyle. Um when he introduces himself, they call me Xyle. They don't say he doesn't say I'm Xyle. Kind of like they call me Xyle. Kind of like they got, call him Hoyd. Yeah. Or they call him Wit. He's got history, that guy.
1: Um Okay. Anyway. All right. Uh, I want to go to the Lyspren. What's his name? Pattern. Pattern. He says to <laughs> Shallan, at, at, I mean, they have this whole discussion and he, yeah. uh, basically the point of it is this quote, which is truth is individual. Mm-hmm. I thought it was very interesting that the Lyspren <laughs> would be so into relativism. Right. Right. Yeah.
2: Well, it, it calls back to what Ryan said during that last Way of Kings podcast. Cause we were all, talk- all talking about Shalon about how she's a good person. And Ryan's like, is she? Because we're getting it from her point of view. And now I can't get that out of my head. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where, yeah, like everybody everybody yeah, so sees themselves as the hero in their story. Except Ryan for me. Yeah, I'm the haunted. best friend. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they all see themselves as the hero. No villain ever thinks that they're a villain um because everybody reason has for, reasons yep. everybody has their own perspective that came from how they grew up and the people that they talk to and the things that are happening to them um but you're right that's still struggles so hard to get abstract concepts at the beginning that it's interesting how quickly pattern starts picking up on these things is that because he's one of the cryptics and he's one of the like really smart brain? i
0: w- i i wonder if part of it is that um, because Syl said that she had left the realm a long a, a long while before. I'm not sure that Cryptic had really left the um, had left the cognitive realm until Shalon had drawn pattern? Him. pattern or pattern. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. I wonder if I wonder if that was the difference. Um, I don't know, but that was in in my head. That's what made the difference. That mm-hmm. and also possibly the kind of friend that they are. She she recognized when he was. Uh, Sil recognized when Kaladin was doing something that was not in line with an honorable being um, in the same way that uh, Pattern recognizes when Shallan is lying or telling truth and needing truth or needing lies. But the the, the abstract concepts that are associated with both of those are different. And so I wonder if that's part of what is, what makes their different experience is that within their Maybe. within their frame of reference they can get these abstract concepts outside of that it takes much much longer for them to recover that information. And I think the other thing that was in, that's that's kind of haunted me about <laughs> Syl. We let him take a breath. Yeah, that <laughs> was Pick your step. fault. That was your fault. I think the other thing about. Uh, about the the experience with the spren is that Sill keeps mentioning i used to know this yeah. i used yeah. to know this i think that when a spren is too i, I wonder if when a spren is too long gone from Shadesmar, if they're too long in the physical realm and not in the cognitive realm if it things change and they lose connection to the thoughts that birthed them in the first place
3: i think that's a good chunk i a good chunk of it. I mean, Pattern has to learn some stuff too. I mean, he he's got to get his footing, as it were. Yep. In in this realm. So. Well, when
4: they when she first draws <laughs> yeah. him out, and he's like bumping against her leg, right, and
3: stuff, and she's like, "This
4: I like, got an idiot sprint <laughs> thing." <laughs> oh oh, okay. um,
1: different types of sprint. I'm uh, excited to see those two get together. A certain point at which shalon says something something where is it like hatred sprint she'd never anger heard spren of or hatred sprint yeah. she'd never heard of such a thing mm-hmm. and when i read that i thought to myself really in a world full of of confusion sprint and pain sprint there's, no, there's no there's no anger sprint there's no hatred sprint that seems like a gap and an important one somehow I don't know how. Wait, I'm just saying that So, each... are you
2: saying that there could be spren when people are in love with each other that there are little spren popping up? Yes. Little heart-shaped spren. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Doing it spren, doing it spren. Let's
4: let's uh, basically my fault. Well, From what we know of spren is that they are just physical manifestations of, of cognitive God. thoughts, ideas. So anything like you change. could have little hearts popping up or whatever. Sil <laughs> Sil <laughs> says, says she's a
3: god. They're all pink. sil says she's a very, very little part of a god. So, I mean,
1: if yeah. that's the case, then hatred spren come from Odeon? Is
3: that? I think
1: that, and, and yes, perhaps he's powering Zeth's yeah. uh, abilities, and he doesn't need a spren. Or eshanize The red lightning, yeah. Maybe. Uh, there's, I have questions. So many questions. So many, so
3: many.
4: I think you're gonna do a good track there. Um and it seems that every time especially red, the color red, shows up, something um, has happened.
3: The end of bands oh, of yeah. Mourning? Yes. Uh okay. spoiler, spoiler, alert. spoiler alert now. Spoiler alert. A... <sighs> the end of Bands of Mourning when uh uh what's what's the uh Wax's uncle's name? edward When edward uh is told his services are no longer needed and the uh, little oh,
1: and and he has like red. Yeah, the eyes little red
3: demon guy comes out and, you know. Oh yeah. Fires him.
1: <laughs> yep. Okay. Oh, yep. All right. Do and we note it? Fires him. and
3: fires him. <laughs> him yes. So, um, while we're on the subject of uh, Mistborn and uh, wave of uh, uh, Stormlight Archive connections, in, Cosmere connections. I want to know who Naz is. Naz N A Z H. Have you seen that? No. The the pictures of pattern in this book that somebody named Naz or Naj or whatever fishes out of the ocean are pictures that Shalana's dri- drawn of of oh. pattern. Yeah, you can go back and look at it. And it's got notations on it saying, okay, a fish this out of the ocean for you, blah, 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 as per your quest, something else about other things that he's chasing. And then it's signed Naz or N-A-Z-H. In Bands of Morning, and I noted this uh, not in Bands of Morning, but in uh, Shadows of Self, I noted this also on the map, the city map, notated for several different places in the same handwriting. I even had I went back and I pulled the book and looked this up. Notated by a guy named Naz, in Can can write
4: that in your notes and when we hit Cosmere one oh one. Oh no, it's in my notes. <laughs> we'll come it's back a big and we'll talk long about
3: it. Thing. I, am, I want because to know who this guy is. Nas is all over the place. Yeah,
1: like wit, yes. like cool. oh, oh man. Yeah. All right, maybe good, good we should, catch. Good Maybe catch. we should not get too deep into that. All right, I, I would like I to talk say. about some bad guys. Okay. Oh, no, what were you going to say? Just that I am extremely excited for the end of this book, and I don't know what that ending is going to be. Yeah. And so everybody on Facebook right now and everybody who emails us and tweets us and whatnot, be careful, please. I would like very much to have this ending intact before I get there. I, <laughs> oh, sure. So. Same thing. Yes. Uh, I'm like, oh,
3: there are a couple of things that have been said mm-hmm. that made me ho- hopeful and also upset. Yes, please.
4: <laughs> Nothing beyond part two in the comments. Yep, anyway. Yeah. Uh,
3: okay so can we talk about Sadius?
2: Can we talk about how much I hate Sadius? Thank you. Like this guy well oh I don't God. know if I hate he's him. Such he's a, a, such a good character. He uh, I have he's a couple of He's such a good character
3: but he's he... such a slime.
2: I know. Oh, I just... Well and it's just I mean I'm you go glad first, that me. we get to know more about him because we I, he's watching Adolin and he recognizes that Adolin is totally a master and then he's like, "Hmm, maybe I can take this to my advantage." And the fact that he enjoys his wife because she is as devious as he is. Mhm and that I they can even, work together in I that way. I would even way. go
3: and say more devious than he is. Yeah, a little bit. In fact, I, I wrote a whole big thing about Sadius. Can you go?
5: Can ahead. go. Uh,
3: it, I, just, I thought it's appropriate that his name is Sadius. that the first part of his name is Sad. Yep. Because at first, I hated this guy and I was angry at this guy. But then reading all of his section about all of these things, I mean, he's clearly just he's he's the high school football player that peaked yep. Yep. in high school. <laughs>
5: yep.
3: And everything I, let's see and,
1: and that's what he thinks
3: Dalinar is. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, at first, I'm gonna just read this because at first I had anger and hatred now still anger and hatred, but also pity. it's he's sad, he's bitter, he's envious, he espouses everything that is wrong. Or, or every wrong sentiment. He's he's the high school football player who peaked in high school. Uh, he he likes to think he's in charge, but really I think he's just a pawn to his slimy, ambitious wife, who can see that he's sad and can be manipulated by yeah. the fact that he's not the cool kid anymore. And so and and I flagged this this quote. How would this how would this be if the man Dalinar he's talking about were tra- or weren't trapped in the past? He thinks Dalinar's trapped in the past when he is clearly the one yeah. who was trapped in his former glory. He's, I hate Sadius so much. So in a <laughs> anyway, thank uh, you. Again,
4: playing Deadpool's advocate here. Uh, he, Sadius is only trapped in the in the past because we know that things have to change. Because we know with mm-hmm. Dalinar's mm-hmm. visions that the Everstorm is coming. We know those things. As far as Sadius and the rest of the kingdom are concerned, the Alethi way of warmongering and and being like Dalinar has gotten away from that. It, yeah,
0: it is the it is the present that they are in. And they are resisting going to the future. Yeah, more than I. I, I guess that's that's the the clarification for it. Well,
2: and Statius does say that flat out. It's one of the quotes that I highlighted. I've learned to. Oh, it's, he's talking to Amaram who ugh, again. Oh. I think it's interesting that Statius is the one person that knows that Amaram is not actually honorable. And everybody else is like, no, no, he's a good guy.
3: He's not the only one. But
2: Sadia says this. I've learned to accept the world as it is, Amaram. That's something very few people are willing to do. They stumble along, hoping, dreaming, pretending. That doesn't change a single storming thing in life. You have to stare the world in the eyes in all its grimy brutality. You have to acknowledge its depravities, live with them. It's the only way to accomplish anything meaningful. This guy is cynical. Mm
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. To say
2: the least.
4: Since you brought up the name, how did you guys feel about um, Kaladin's confession to Dalinar about Amaram? I loved it. Oh.
1: Uh, that there's it, it was a very cool scene. I, it very well constructed on Brandon's part. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you come at it from Kaladin's perspective, and Kaladin does, of course. Which it was, yeah, Kaladin. Dalinar is a jerk. He's Delinar's totally dismissive. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'll look into it, but no, I trust this guy, so I'll shout talk up. to him about it. Yeah. So from, from Kaladin's perspective, this is not the way that this is supposed to go. From Dalinar's perspective, though, if you zoom out and, and think of it from both sides, uh, he can't simply take Kaladin's word for it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's troubled by it, but... He knows he's all about uniting, like you said. Right. And so if he allows one person to simply drive a wedge wherever that person wants, uh, that's not great leadership. (laughs) And so he's going to, uh, you know, he needs to check things out and, and continue with Amaram the way that he has do you see what I'm saying? He yeah. can't just... Oh, yeah, absolutely. He can't do the things that we want him to do based on Kaladin's perspective. Right. Because we know. We're like,
4: yeah, we know he did that. So go chop the guy's head off or something. Right. but
1: And so, yeah, I think as as an author, it was a very deft move on Brandon's part. Mm-hmm. And as a reader, it's one of those things. I, I know I caught myself not doing this sometimes in the way of Kings. And so this time I was a little more careful to go just because it's from Kaladin's perspective doesn't mean he's the hero and always right and always making right. The, the right decisions. But it's, in,
2: it's interesting that he tells him as soon as he does. Like, it, not a lot of time has passed. They still don't know each other very well. Dalinar trusts Kaladin in so many ways. Like, he is protecting all of the Im- people who are most important mm-hmm. to Dalinar.
3: Well, and by the end of uh, Section 2, he trusts him a whole lot more. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Well, yeah. And, but and even Kaladin... at the same
2: time, he's like, ooh, I want to believe you, but I know Amram really well, and yeah. that doesn't jive.
1: Kelden yeah. and, and this is one more thing that leads us to say Kaladin is very impulsive. Yeah. We learned that in the first book yeah. with the, the disaster of the side carry. He doesn't oh, necessarily yeah. think things all the way through. He's, he's, he he's 20. He's 20. Yeah. Right.
0: He's 20. And in spite of his power and in spite of his responsibility and in spite of all of the ways that he has grown, he's still 20. And I remember when I was 20, 20. Uh, The 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 amazingly bizarre things that I thought were just made sense um, that I look back on now and I go really wow I'm surprised I survived long enough to make it past (laughs) twenty.
4: I think I agree that he's very he still has that that youthful driven side there, but he's got the problem. The other problem he has is that he has someone who is enabling it. Yes. In the bridge cruise, yeah. but oh, yeah. in
0: Moash, you know the the. Um, having said that, I want to take this one more time to Brandon mm-hmm. Sanderson to be writing, uh, to be able to write characters that are at so many different levels in their lives with so many different kinds of drives or things that drive them, and for all of them to feel genuine and different and respected. Mm-hmm and unique is a tremendous talent i've read a lot of and i'm sure everybody else has too read a lot of authors that never pull this off they have to do it from an omniscient third party and they have to kind of give hints of things that are going on Uh, but with brandon when i read each of the or when i listen when i as i'm going through these books I really feel like I'm in their perspective. I don't feel like I'm a third-party perspective that's telling me what they're thinking. I'm in their perspective. It's a very
1: interesting way to read a book. And somebody on on Reddit, after I think our second or third Wave Kings discussion, somebody, I think, Ryan, you mentioned it's a first-person narrative. And this person jumped on that right away and said, no, it's not. It's third-person. And I said, yeah, I know. And then I thought about it. <clears throat> and like you say, Todd, yeah, it's written in the third person, it, but yeah, but
0: it's not a third it's, person, but it's, it's a, a very a typical. In- one.
1: Anyway, it's a very interesting way to yeah. write a book yeah.
0: and, and wonderfully done. It speaks to how much mastery Brandon Sanderson has on this type of writing. Yes. So thank Todd you, thank you, Mr. Sanderson. Um. I do. I <laughs> Todd, I admit it. God has a crush. I res- I I and okay. you know I I kind of. I when we first when we first started reading, um, Mistborn, Mistborn yeah. uh, and you guys were saying, oh, you got to read this, you got to read this, you got to read this. I, I get a lot of people telling me, hey, you got to read this, you got to read this, you got to read this. And a lot of times I come away from them going, yeah, okay, good book, but yeah, whatever. This is one of the few times in reading in reading Brandon Sanderson's work, this is one of the few times that I have walked away and I've said, anything that he writes, I will read. Yep. Yeah,
2: I told a couple people last year that I was reading Mistborn, and uh, uh, four different people who did not know each other told me I needed to read The Way of Kings. And now that I have, I'm like, yes, thank you. And I've gone to all of those people and apologized for not reading it sooner so um, that we could talk about it.
1: We've been getting that a lot for the last year with Malazan. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And just everybody we talked to are like, hey, you know, what do you recommend we read on the podcast? Malazan, Malazan. Malazan. Yeah, maybe after Robert Jordan. We'll see. Sure. Love it. Okay. Um, we've learned a little bit about how these, these
4: stories uh, are written. So it's a little bit easier to read and, and a little bit easier to expect when we're going to get some answers. But... We need to talk a little bit about Shalon's backstory thus far. Oh, oh, oh my yeah, gosh. I poor Shalon. I mean, we we know based on what we learned from Kaladin and Way of Kings that we're probably not going to get to the major reveal moment until the end of the book. which, right. duh. Yeah, but there's still a lot going on in terms of the very creepy scene of her father holding her, singing a a lullaby to her while there's a, oh. a bloody corpse and then a dead
1: person who's not bloody. Her dad is so messed up. He's messed up uh, in a very, very familiar way. He's not... Uh, we should probably all be nervous that Craig is identifying with the father. <laughs> no! I'm just saying, I'm just saying, <laughs> no, this is this is a classic abusive father yeah. mm-hmm. so far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not a, a stretch in any way. Anyway, he, he might have uh, access to um, certain powers and items that most abusive fathers don't uh, speaking of uh, non bloody dead bodies on the floor anyway mm-hmm. right. but he, but yeah he's an abusive dad and
2: he is but in his way he feels like he's protecting her and he's the only one apparent she is the only one apparently that he doesn't physically abuse all his brothers talk about how horrible he is and right. the one that likes to gamble i can't think of his name like makes a comment why are you the only one that father shushu, seems shushu.
3: to like yeah.
4: there's hellen there's sorry which, that's, that's a really interesting... Yeah, uh, shardbearer. Helleran comes in and points a shard blade at his father's chest, and Which, the, the, that's what brings Shallan out of her non-speaking funk, says, no, please don't kill him. And, you know, of course, Helleran's like, now you speak, now to protect this, this horrible monster. Um, but, and Helleran is the only one that the father actually really, other than Shallan, that he, based on what we know, truly cared about.
2: It doesn't seem to be messed up
4: but yeah apparently Helleran's uh he's taking his shard blade and and going out to do things we'd, of which we're we not to, certain
3: i need to find well, out what happens to him cuz i don't know if this is true or not but um the description of his shard blade was very similar to the description of Salinor's shard blade so who? who was the guy I, Adolin fought oh. in the first duel and i was like what well, it um, or or maybe not that <laughs> one but it was <laughs> Use your words. <laughs> his his. Sharp Ken's blade. sitting here
4: studying my face, trying to get confirmation. As <laughs> yes, to I, not that's tried. exactly what I'm doing. Ken, Ken, I, I really, I'm very proud of you. You're on an interesting path, but you're going to go off a cliff.
1: Um, uh, I gotta the first say, time, as speaking long as I'm of my sharp blade, I'm okay. Speaking of Shalon's backstory, uh, in the first book, I was very much aware of how Shalon felt about her duty to her brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. Uh, And when it seemed like she was going to abandon that at a few points, I thought, oh, geez, come on. You know, you talked about this duty all the time. And now in this book, I'm like, screw them. These are
2: terrible people. Oh, yeah, (laughs) Dude, yeah,
1: you don't need this. But, you know, it's, again, the classic abusive relationship thing. You know, and and it's not that her brothers are abusive of her, but the family dynamic is obviously toxic. But still, there's something about toxic dynamics that keep it keeps bringing Ken back to this podcast and I'm not sure why
0: but I am I am and and it's okay we'll grow out of it with therapy Stockholm syndrome I <laughs> I still I still think that that knowing Brandon Sanderson's writing the way that we've grown to know it over the over the time I'm not sure that we necessarily we've we've got some hints I'm not sure that we know what we think we know I I still and and my my and maybe this is jumping to the prediction point, but I think my if if you're okay with it, since we're talking about Shalon's backstory, I still think when I when I read that first uh, scene where he w- where she was saying remembering being you know hearing her father sing the lullaby as she, he stepped over the the body that was in the room, I still think that it's Shalon that okay. was the one that accidentally killed their accidentally killed their mother. Um, and I'm sure and, and I mean the way that it plays out in my head I'll be interested to see if it works works out this way I'm probably going to be running off a cliff as well but I, I can see it very much being a fight between mom and dad and she got in the middle of it and a little too emotional and the next thing you know one of them's been soul cast and the other one has a shard blade and, and another person in the room has a shard blade through their chest shard blade wouldn't and, cause blood though and nobody did oh. cause the death with the one that didn't have any blood mm-hmm. and then Shalon is like oh no what have I done and dad says it's going to be be okay. We're gonna figure out how to take care of you, and that's why he doesn't abuse her because she's got a shard blade at the very beginning.
5: Uh,
4: I'm gonna take that as Todd's prediction. I like that. That's okay. Good. She um, has soul,
3: I, classes, soul cast things into blood once
4: I
0: want. Yes, to, she has.
3: Hmm.
4: hmm. And there is a there is a corpse there. True. Admittedly, yeah. I'm gonna throw that there, um, just because I know I have to throw this at Craig. Craig oh, how boy. do you how do you feel about Yasna? Uh, oh gosh I about cr- that whole uh, jabbing a dagger through her chest uh,
1: and hearing it hit the floor and... I cried on
3: behalf of Craig on that one
1: I'm not <laughs> I'm not happy about it I like Yasna a lot but I also like Obi-Wan a lot yeah uh, and I also like Gandalf a lot you know and it there's a certain point at which the hero the has to, hero has to their lose their mentor they have to strike out on their own oh i thought you were going to say that Yasna's coming back and <laughs> that's so my prediction would be <laughs> <ghost>. <laughs> that yasna yasna is not she's not going to ghost force ghost or something but she i think she's gonna spoiler alert for mistborn secret history three two one i think she's gonna kelsey her on us okay oh. um, i that I'll take that because and the way I put it to Ryan in our conversation the other day was that um, if if Yasna simply died the way she did, it would be way too George Martin. And this is not George Martin. This is Brandon Sanderson. Things don't just happen for no reason. We don't just kill off characters to shock you. Uh, and I know some Martin fans are gonna scream at me for that one. I'm sorry, but anyway. But this is not Martin. It's Sanderson. Things happen for a reason. I don't see him just getting rid of Yasna in this way with zero fanfare. I she's yeah. she's coming back.
4: I it's, I told uh, I told Craig that Sanderson does have some Martin in him. It is possible.
2: Um, People do die I made sometimes. A, I thought
3: of George George Martin reference earlier too. I, I'm glad you did too. I'm like, oh. mm-hmm. Anyway, that's funny. You look like you're about oh, to say.
0: Well, I was just going to say, I, I think maybe part of this is the maybe maybe part of the setup is. And, and did, did, didn't did all of us, when we heard Tin talking about a job that our, that our partners were involved with, didn't we all immediately go, oh, that's probably they were probably on the ship. Didn't we all immediately go there?
5: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, and I wondered if that was just that was what the setup was, is that this is a long setup to make sure that we have a reason once again why Shalon gets pushed over the edge and that's what causes her to summon her shard blade.
2: Yeah. Uh, but Tin does threaten her. Like, Tin is going to kill her. Oh, yeah. It's, it's not like she's just mad. It's like she's angry and she's in danger of being murdered.
0: Yeah. But I think the only reason that she summons her shard blade is when she is that mad.
2: Hmm. Nothing else she can do.
1: Yeah, right. Interesting. Uh, okay.
2: We've
4: well, right. only
1: really got a few more All minutes, so yeah.
4: But let's go ahead and wrap up with India with some <laughs> final thoughts here. Um,
3: who has, who has their final thought ready to go? I've given mine. I don't plan. really have any predictions. I just have so many questions. Predic- I, w- what's give me a question that you have? Is Shen the Mar- uh, the Manchurian Parshendi? I, <laughs> I, just, I just want to know. Is Shen the Manchurian Parshendi? Oh.
4: We didn't even touch on the Parshendi. Oh gosh, days. that
2: There's, was going to be my final thought.
3: Go for
4: it. Go
1: for it. Oh.
2: I was trying to figure out which... I'm quote excited to, to see this meeting. Um, I don't got, really have a quote. I've oh, got go two ahead. very
1: small ones okay. uh, that I'll, I'll do Mine in quick succession. Uh, it, if you are reading books, know that there are a few tells. Uh, this isn't specific to authors. This is specific to constructing a story. And if you hear a line like this, she had stumbled into the perfect life and it was everything she'd wished for. Yes. Alarm bells Alarm. should go off. Ding, 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 the ding, phrase that went through my head when, uh, when Shalon was thinking that she, she said it was everything she'd wished for was quick to the conflict mobile. <laughs> a qu- yeah. a, a quote so from, sorry, go ahead. Uh, sorry. A, a quote from Kaladin, something
3: bad is going to happen. Kaladin said, things can't just continue to be good for me. That's not how life is. And it's not
1: how books are. Yep. Uh, and then Dalinar, uh, one of my favorite moments one of my favorite quotes from the whole book so far would be when he is just he's having an internal struggle and he's kind of whining and complaining about what hard-headed goobers all the rest of the high princes are (laughs) and at a certain point he stops and he says to himself very simply don't complain change yep i love that line and Mm -hmm. so he needs to change how he's approaching the issue how he's thinking about it he can't just complain he has to change love Mm -hmm. it
2: um, with the listeners, the parshendi calls himself the, the listeners. The listeners. Yeah. Um, I uh just every single time she mentions that she wants, she needs to talk to Dalinar. Where has he been? I need to talk to this person. Um, and then he starts saying that we're running out of time, and then she gets this sprint, and all of a sudden she changes, very fundamentally changes. I just, I just want to start screaming because they're so close to like, just everybody getting what they need and we're going to stop the war and it's going to be fine and then it just goes sideways. And
3: then, yeah.
4: And then, okay, and I will take storm, storm form. I, we're going to do it, but I'm going to take storm form. Yeah. It now drives it's like, me absolutely oh. insane too. It's you, there, oh. you know, as soon as she's working towards something constructive that, again, this is yeah, that, something's going to turn sideways yeah. and go off. It makes
0: it, it makes me wonder if the Parshendi are void bringers Or if they are the vessel through which the Voidbringers work, I think that's well. And they do—they do do
2: say that the Knights Radiant were the enemies to the listeners, where they taking storm form is a way to protect themselves from the knights. It
3: sounds like the Voidbringers were the listeners' gods, and they were not thrilled about having those Voidbringers as gods because they were dangerous. It's going to be interesting. I can't wait
0: to see this one play out.
4: The 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 one thing about the Parshendi story that I think has been the most interesting to me on this read through. Is catching the point that uh, they're when they're talking about why they assassinated Gavilar they say because of what he was going to do that night Mm -hmm. yeah we had to kill we we had to do it to prevent the return of our gods so they're trying to prevent the their gods who could be the void bringers whatever from returning and Gavilar was going to do something that night and they prevented it
0: yeah wasn't there a high storm that night
4: I don't think there was a high storm
0: But, but he had a stone
3: but that's the night that many a, things happen he and had, he had a black, the black stone, stone that I don't know anything about my last small either. thought I'm worried about what's going to happen with Moash I like Moash a lot and just, he keeps planting these little seeds that show that Moash is not all that he's cracked up to be And Moash is a that, spy I don't Moash want is that to happen I don't want it to, I don't want what is lightning what's trending to, to actually happen I like the Moash Kaladin yeah. team I just we'll they're like brothers what? they're awesome you
4: should go and read and find
1: out what's going to happen with Moash. Oh, you, you know who suck. else were like brothers? James Bond and Alec Trevelyan in 1996's Goldeneye. That didn't turn out so well. Yeah. I'm just saying. Craig, the king <laughs> of transitions, everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <That and Alec. laughs>
2: okay. Can, uh, I, can I read a funny quote about yes. the Parshendi? It says Food glanced from Billa to Ashoni. Food, he asked. Is that your answer to every disagreement? It's hard to argue with your mouth full, Food said. I'm sure I've seen you do just that, Bella said, many times. The arguments end happy, though, Food said, because everyone is full. So food just make
1: me happy. <laughs> is that your way of dismissing us and saying, I'm hungry, let's yeah, go eat? Go get food. I'm oh, in. I'm in. It wasn't, but it could be. Yeah. Um, all right, Ryan, are we good? Yeah, you we're think? good. All right, I'm So good. That'll wrap up our discussion of sections one and two, plus the interludes, next time, uh, next week. Probably around the same time, we'll we'll discuss and we'll put an event on Facebook. We will discuss sections three and four, at which point we'll all start freaking out and uh, wishing that we were discussing the whole thing. Here's Here's my
4: prediction of what's going to happen is that everyone else here who hasn't read the book is going to read sections three and four. They're going to say... Screw this. I'm reading section 5. They're going to read <laughs> section 5 and we're going to record 3 and 4, break, and then just do our last one because You think we're going to record uh, for 3 hours on next uh, weekend? There's just next no you, there's I don't think there's any way that you guys are going to not finish this when you get to the that means Todd get- I has don't know, to Todd,
2: 100 pages.
1: Todd had a little self-control this week. I, was, I, I exercised incredible I amounts of self-control. I don't any you are going to have self-control when you get to <laughs> Now <the> this is <laughs> this, no, this no. we're talking about
0: next week. Yeah. I'm going to have to we'll, speed up my reading.
1: So good. Yep. We'll see, we'll, yeah, we'll see what gonna
4: we're be... dealing with there. But yeah, and uh, I'm very excited for our next section because Ken's going to come in here screaming like a schoolgirl. <laughs> so we will break so for I've now. Heard.
1: Once again, the word of the day is what? That's W-H-A-T, what? what? Uh, the word of the day next week is something you'll need to listen and find out about. Uh, listen for the three words of the day. And, when someone uh, tweets you what? something you need to wait and listen for about (laughs) it's all on you yeah uh yeah so listen in next week for the next one and we will be giving away the items that i mentioned at the beginning of the episode i don't want to go through that whole thing again because we do need to wrap up but i will say if you want that lightweaver pin patreon.com slash legendarium give any amount but uh remember that that three dollar donation level gets you double entry into all of the drawings so with that in mind we will see you guys next week uh todd get reading um and we'll yeah we'll convene again next saturday okay have a good one everybody
2: i don't think you told ken to shut up once